Chapter forty three of On a Donkey's Hurricane Deck. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. On a Donkey's Hurricane Deck by Robert Pitcher Woodward. Chapter forty three. Paint sign with donk's tail by Macaroni. I'll say of it, it tutors nature, artificial strife, lives in these touches, livelier than life. Timon of Athens Pod was always looking for trouble. The fellow who courts trouble finds it sooner or later. I braved myself hoarse trying to persuade my reckless master to give Rangely a wide berth. He couldn't think of it. He was anxious to meet real, wild and woolly West cowboys of the old-time style. He didn't fear the worst of them. Hit the trail there, Mac, he said, spurring me toward the hotbed of cowboy rascality. Arriving at the house, saloon, store, city hall, business headquarters of Rangeley, the dozen rough-looking men lounging about swaggered toward us, pleased-like and curious. Prospecting? one inquired. No, Pod drawled, just travelling. That was the time in Pod's life when he ought to have lied. Then he explained where he was from and where he was bound, but did not say that he was a darn fool. The cowboys grunted, or nodded, or smiled. Some winked to each other, and one of them nudged another in the ribs. Everything they did had a deep meaning. I began to tremble for Pod. Would they shoot at his heels and make him dance? Or make him ride a bucking bronco? Or what? Better feed your jacks, mister, said one. You'll find grain in the shed yonder. Pod seemed to be as delighted as we donks. The prof is going to catch it soon, Cheese observed. Serve him right, added Damfino. Coonskin left us to feed and walked to the house with Pod. Soon afterward they returned with a cowboy who said I had a good shape, asked my weight, and inquired if I was sound in body and mind. Then he questioned Coonskin. What did you do for salt for ye gin the outfit? I was night porter in a hotel, was the reply. What was you doing for that? Railroading some, and for that? Painting. Painting what? Church steeples. Golly, you're just the man we're looking for. Coonskin didn't quite understand them, but he did later. Bridle this here jack, said the cowboy, meaning me. Coonskin bridled me and rode to the joint. I didn't think anything would happen to me. Several more cowboys had just come in from the range, and soon every man of the gang was busy. I now noticed one fellow mixing red paint. Three or four were making two ladders. Another one appeared with an armful of blankets, and another with ropes, and presently a cowboy climbed one of the ladders to the roof. Something was doing, sure. Pod seemed interested, but didn't say anything. Coonskin looked as if he saw his finish. I giggled. Suddenly came a surprise. One cowboy wrapped the blankets round my body, while another bound them on with lariats. Another trimmed my tail with a pair of sheep shears. Then ropes were fastened to my body, and the other ends thrown to the men on the roof. Next the ropes were slung round the two chimneys, at both ends of the roof, and thrown to the gang below. At once the cowboys grabbed hold and pulled, and I rose in the air, until my head bunked against the eaves. There I dangled and swung, and kicked and brayed never was so scared in all my life splinters flew as i kicked holes in the house and knocked off a section of the eaves 
the cowboys howled they thought it was so funny but the real circus began when pod was commanded to mount a ladder with a pail of red paint and using my tail for a brush paint the name rangely on that house coonskin was made to climb the other ladder with another pail of paint and he being a professional painter with a real paintbrush go over pod's lettering to make a decent job of it well i had seen pod mad but never as mad as he was then he grabbed my tail and started to paint a big letter r when i up and kicked the pail out of his hands and sent red paint flying all over half the cowboys not satisfied with this i put a few more holes in the house and finally hit the ladder and spilled pod on the ground the cowboys thought that was fun too some were so tickled they fired off their revolvers here coonskin was told to divide his paint with pod and the painting was continued on the letter a the prof worked as well as he could with such a nervous paintbrush now and then dodging my heels i admit i didn't know what i was doing when suddenly i struck my master in the stomach and made him get down from the ladder but the sign had to be finished up the ladder again pod climbed like a man and cowboys pulled on the ropes dragging me along so that my tail could be brought to where the next letter should be then pod started on the fourth letter g by this time the men were tugging on the ropes to keep me in position for the painter's convenience finally the men backed from the house and pulled me away from its side and pod turned me about till i hung the other end too and began the fifth letter e now i could see the sign it was uphill i knew it wouldn't suit those cowboys and i expected it would have to be painted over it wasn't pod's fault it wasn't mine as i was gradually pulled along the eaves the higher i was raised because there was no pulley on the rope but now that i was turned about i was swung back some and the e had to be painted below the level of the first four letters l and y followed each other uphill until just as the job was finished I hit the pail a crack with my right foot and sprinkled two more cowboys the crowd made sport of them and i think after all those cowboys fared worse than we three painters then i was lowered to the earth to my surprise the cowboys liked the sign immensely one pronounced it artistic another said it was odd that people would notice it and several agreed that it was the best job of its kind they ever saw pod didn't seem to be tickled over this flattery but coonskin was puffed up with pride and when one fellow told him he ought to have stuck to painting he acknowledged that he should have done so when the two started down the ladders the cowboys called hold on there we want a speech so the prof made a speech both men were then escorted indoors and the barkeeper mixed a highball in a pail and sent it out to me i was loony for hours afterwards i never want another experience like that pod said afterward it was his first and last painting he thought the cowboys might have shot a pipe out of his mouth but he hadn't thought they could condescend to such a low trick as to make him paint a sign with his donkey's tail the cowboys wanted us to spend the night with them but pod replied that he couldn't tarry but he said he was much obliged for all their courtesies about dark we said good-bye and pretending we would travel ten miles that evening pitched camp near a bridge crossing white river one or two miles from rangeley at dawn the men were out after sage hens they saw several but couldn't get a shot at the shy creatures we started early and traveled over a desolate wilderness of sage and greasewood in a torturing sun and were unpacked at one o'clock for an hour's rest 
Sometimes the trail led through deep channels in the hard-baked sand for several hundred yards, where we were obscured from view. These channels wound about through the desert and mesa, as if they might be the beds of dried-up rivers, and they were often so narrow that had we met a wagon, either our outfit or the vehicle would have had to turn back. We came across quantities of skeletons and skulls of horses and cattle and wild animals, but I failed to see any donkey's bones. Don was glad when in these cuts, for he managed there to keep in the shade. While trailing in the open, he was ever trotting ahead to hide under a bush, where three-fourths of him was exposed to the sun. Toward the middle of the afternoon, we crossed the backbone of the plateau, at an altitude of 7,000 feet, and met a wagon with four horses bound for Leadville, with honey, the driver said he was from Vernal, some sixty miles to the west. Pod thought honey would go well with hot cakes for supper, and after some coaxing got the freighter to break a case and sell him a half-dozen boxes. Then the question arose, how could he safely carry the honey? Good idea not to put all your eggs in one basket, Coonskin remarked. Pod said he wouldn't. He tucked one box in a saddle-bag, another in a roll of blankets strapped behind his valet saddle, another in a bag of supplies on skates, and the last two he packed carefully in the canvas awning. The men conversed and smoked a while, when the stranger happened to mention that he sometimes dealt in hides. Here was the chance the men were waiting for. The bear skin skates had carried from Turkey Creek belonged to the poker player, but he promised half what he should get for it to Pod, if he would let the donks carry it till disposed of. The man said he was willing to give sixty dollars for a fine silver-tip skin, so Coonskin unpacked. The stranger was more pleased with it than he would admit, and hemmed and hawed some about the price, but finally paid the sixty dollars, and we moved on. It was six o'clock, and the sun was sinking behind the distant plain when the buildings of the K Ranch loomed in the distance. The sound of galloping horses approaching us from behind caused me to look around, and I beheld two Indians with guns in hand, yelling and gesticulating wildly as they leaned over their ponies' necks, spurring hard to catch up with us. When Pod and Coonskin saw the Indians after them, they got ready to throw up their hands. Their faces were as chalky as an alkali desert. "'Have you seen any cattle branded U.S.?' one of the wild men inquired. Pod said he hadn't. "'Where are you from?' questioned the half-breed. Pod said, "'White River Country.' "'Ah, we just from there. Been hunting up stolen cattle,' the half-breed replied. "'Found them, but fellows wouldn't give them up. We've done our duty. The fort must deal with them now. Pod asked what fort, and was told Fort Duchesne, some seventy miles away. We learned that two companies of colored troops of the U.S. Army were stationed there. The Indians never touched us. End of chapter 43